Yeah, and I mean, I don't feel like you and I are going to have like a really fresh take on why Jared Cowan and Mark Borbieski are not an ideal third pairing. <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like <laughs> that information is out there. It's like, if you'd like to learn more about Jared Cowan and Mark <laughs> Borbieski being a mediocre third pairing, consult your local library. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think you and I need to break that news. United in red Remember Todd White Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? It doesn't matter if you asked It's the Chet and Luke Podcast Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Neil of the Chet Sellers and Luke Parisi podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man who's wearing his face he keeps in the jar by the door. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, happy Halloween. Love the show. <laughs> I have to say, when we started the season, we were kind of, you know, doing some predictions. Sure. And it was like, oh, we think Eric Carlson's going to cut his hair. Right. And, you know, to be fair, like, anyone could have said that. A lot of people did. His hair had been long for a while. Right. Haircuts happened. That was due. Yeah, that was, you know, anyone can get lucky once. Right. But then, in the last episode of this podcast, you came along and you said, Chris Neal goal before an Eric Carlson goal, lock it in. How'd that work out? Chris Neal scored, and Eric Carlson oh. still has not. This is great because we're starting the podcast by congratulating ourselves for our last podcast. So this is good. No one's turning this off. This kind of log rolling. I bring this up, though, because the people want to know, Chet, what are you going to do for an encore? What are you going to bring to us next? Don't put me on the spot right at the beginning. You are have the to, Oracle these, of Ottawa. These things, yeah, but it, these things happen organically, right? Okay. It's like, you know, the Oracle of Delphi was really just, you know, a woman standing over some kind of weird, you know, natural gas vent coming out of the earth and this podcast works the same way right you just have to kind of explore the space see what happens and uh you know maybe we'll come out with a prediction okay so you're not going to rush the process you cannot force this kind of thing all right so how are you what's going on well i'm very interested in the uh comings and goings of the ottawa senators these days really yeah i mean this is now our third podcast in the last five weeks and much like the ottawa senators we have some momentum going <laughs> well so we're taping this on saturday between the two Detroit Red Wings games, right? The rivalry with the Red Wings really didn't last that long, did it? It was really just that one year, right? Yeah. Now that Alfredson's back, it's kind of like, oh yeah, the Red Wings are just the Red Wings again. Yeah, they like went on a couple of dates with her ex, and then we like got over it. Yeah, like a year, a year, two like... years later, it's all kind of like, oh yeah, that guy, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> Hope he's doing all right or not. I don't care, <laughs> right? Like it's not. I <laughs> I wanted to get up for the Red Wings game, and be like, oh, I still hate these guys, but I don't. I hate the Habs. <laughs> the The Detroit rivalry was very fact-specific, right? Yeah. And it's gone, it's over, it's done. The Habs rivalry is, like, institutional. Like, I have to defend the Germans to my grandfather and be like, oh, no, they're not so bad anymore. Like, you can stop using racial slurs. <laughs> the same way my grandchildren are going to have to tell me about the Habs. Like, yeah. oh, you know, they've changed. They're not, <laughs> that they're not as bad as they used to be. That fan base got a lot better after the team moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, Red Wings last night, beat them 3-1. Red Wings tonight. You and I are going to the game. We that'll are. Be, that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing what the what the Halloween costume situation is in the stands. 
<laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how spooky Spartacat is going to be. <laughs> you were telling me about his uh, assless chaps he was wearing. So, for, uh... well, no, they weren't. Te- well, okay, so the chaps were assless, although yeah. assless chaps is redundant, right? Because chaps with a, you know, buttocks portion. Those so are just pants. Those are pants. That's yes, right. That's right. Uh, he was wearing Spartacat. Um, and I say he, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I probably shouldn't make that assumption, but Spartacat was wearing chaps over hockey pants, right? Like they basically just added, they looked like they were made out of a barbecue cover and had been cut out 10 minutes before the game. Like they exhibited none of the attention. That's to, that, that's that, that's that Canadian tire difference. They right exhibited there. none of the artisanal attention to detail that you see in these styrofoam prime minister heads, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like dead ringers for guys on money. Anyway, so it was country night against predators and Spartacat was clowning around in the 300s and he playfully knocked the Jays cap off the head of a guy sitting in like row B but he kind of hit it way too hard and it flew off and flew out of the like third deck (laughs) and it went down to the second and probably the second deck possibly the first because he hit it pretty hard and that's the first time that I've seen Spartacat go into a legitimate panic (laughs) Like, like, and did like, the Sens have to release, a, like, have to put out a press release about this? I was just far enough away that I don't know that Spartacat was breaking the fourth wall, but I know, <laughs> like, he was gesturing at the usher, like, I knocked this guy's hat off. It's down there. We have to go get it. Like, like stuff's falling from the upper decks. This guy's going to sue. Whoever it hit down there is going to sue. Everybody's going to be mad. Do we have Jay's hats in the Sen store? Yeah, yeah, get yeah. this man a free hat immediately. But Spartacat is just like, I'm not making enough money for this. They can replace me. I don't need this. Find the hat. So they found the hat. They brought it back. Uh, Spartacat clowned around a little bit with his chaps. And it was great because while he was throwing this panic attack like trying to you know get somebody to go down to the second deck to find the hat and bring it back to this guy there's still all these children that are shuffling around trying to get pictures with Spartacat (laughs) as he's like it's down there it's down there (laughs) sending this septuagenarian to go find it you can go get the box score watch the game there's a lot of ways to figure out what's going on with the team on the ice but when it comes to you know what's going on around it you have to read I think between the we lines. are the ones who really break that news. That's the way I look at it. That's why this is. That's why we do this every two weeks, and it lasts about nineteen minutes. <laughs> the Ottawa Senators much, are that exciting. That's how much additional news needs breaking. <laughs> so, can I talk about the greatest tragedy of this young season, which is that the team would not let Max McCormick wear number sixty-nine? Oh, <laughs> I'm just not over it. Right? <laughs> He's wearing eighty-nine, and I saw somebody say, "Oh, it's you know that's an offense to the memory of Corey Conacher." It's like, no, Corey Conacher is an offense to the memory of Corey Conacher. <laughs> hey, Corey Conacher had that game tying goal in the playoffs. Corey, he, had a, he had a moment. Corey Conacher had that game tying goal in the playoffs where he then he did that like Phil Mickelson when he won the Masters leap where yeah. he made it about an inch off the ground. <laughs> but like also, and you can look this up in the picture, and I, you cannot. Oh, and you unsee can see it. His, yeah, his you can belly. see his gut. Yeah, his belly comes out. That's right. <laughs> that when I think of Corey Conacher, I think game tying goal against the Habs celebration gut. Right. And he was one of those weird, like, five foot six guys who's sort of built like a, a keg a little bit, but yeah. with like anterior pelvis 
pelvic tilt, so his <laughs> belly sticks out more than it would otherwise. <laughs> anyway, the point is, what I'm upset about is that Max McCormick, who's 69 in Binghamton, because apparently you can be number 69 in the AHL. What? You can be... He's 69 in Binghamton? He's 69 in Binghamton. Oh, my God. But then he comes up here, and Hoffman gets to keep his 68. Carlson gets to keep his 65. Borvietsky gets to keep his 74. Max McCormick, number 69. It's like, no, nah, why, don't, why, don't, why don't you just change that to an 89? No one will know the difference. I know the difference, Brian Murray, because you know that was a GM's decision. What's the difference, in your opinion, between 89 and 69? <laughs> Other than... I want you to break this down other for than, me. Other than, break it down for the listeners of this podcast. Other than 20? What do you think, like, the main thing? All, look, you, like, all I'll say is this. There. All I'll say is this. This is a classy podcast. Yes. The only thing I'll say... have you, You've seen the movie Goon, right? Mm-hmm. Goon is a good movie. I have. I enjoy the movie Goon. So, the guy in Goon wears number 69, right? He does. And he does it because when he has to choose a number, his, like, no account dirtbag buddy in the stands just yells, Pick 69! It's hilarious! Right? And that's all you need to say. Mm-hmm. You don't need to say why. You don't need to go into great detail. You don't need to have one of these, like, artist rendition that you see in Wikipedia. Right. You just need to say, It's hilarious! And leave it at that. Max McCormick, number 69. Bring it back, Senators. Have you heard about the new trend sweeping the NHL? Which one is that? Three-on-three overtime. I've heard about three-on-three overtime. It is supposed to reduce the number of shootouts, I'm told. What I've seen so far is that that is not the case. I would agree with that. I think the Senators have played four overtime games, and all of them have gone to shootouts. I think that's right. And I saw something this week that the Senators... Because it was after Eric Carlson said, Oh, I don't really like it. It just feels like a bag skate. We're just basically cycling around, and then it goes to the shootout who cares and somebody said well that's because the senators are terrible at three on three it's like well okay but (laughs) we haven't lost yet it's a little early to make that uh, (laughs) assumption but that they weren't being aggressive enough like they were basically just cycling the puck that the senators were playing not to lose blah 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 and i was like but that's probably that's exactly how teams played four on four Mm -hmm. to get to the shootout and then just end the thing Mm -hmm. the fact that you still get the loser point when you go to overtime basically means that most of these teams are going to play to a tie yes it is it incentivizes not taking a risk. Right. Like, the only way you're going to you're gonna get rid of that incentive is to go to a three-point system. Mm-hmm. We have three points for a regulation win, two for overtime, one for the loss. Which they should absolutely do. Which they should absolutely do. Three-on-three three is definitely more chaotic. Uh, I liked your tweet the other day about how watching somebody else's... Uh, watching, watching uh, your own team. Here, here's what this is a great this is a great new feature on the podcast. We, is, we read tweets. Repeat, you. repeat <laughs> a tweet that the other guy made in 400 words. <laughs> it was like it's a lot like watching a sex tape. Great when it's somebody else's, but terrifying when it's your own. Yeah, right? exactly. So I like that. I thought that was very funny. And it is true. Although I think the senators have kind of figured out a little bit. Like, hey, we don't have to try super hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, here's the we thing. just will give up a few completely terrifying odd man rushes, but we already did that during the entire game up to this point. So the fact that there's a few more in three on three, it's like whatever. Craig Anderson can deal with it. As it turns out, the teams have noticed that uh, you know odd man rushes are also a thing that can cause you to lose. Right. So in the greatest of all hockey traditions, the focus has now turned to stopping the other team from doing good things. What I love about hockey is the proud tradition of risk mitigation. 
litigation and conservatism. Exactly. Which is will creep into three-on-three the way it's crept into every other aspect of the game. And it's funny to hear that from like a guy like Eric Carlson, because you'd think he'd say, oh, you know, I'm already the fittest guy on the planet. I can skate for a year. I'm going to get out there in three-on-three. I'm going to dangle. I'm going to do all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm going to score goals. It's going to be fun. Like, this is going to be a showcase for me. Whereas mm. what he's doing is he's skating around, he's cycling, and he's like, when is this going to be over? I hate this. Friend of the pod, Nate, a.k.a. NKB121. That would be the one. Actually had a great point about this, which was three-on-three takes away Eric Carlson's biggest advantage, which is his ability to jump up into the play. Right. The thing that makes Eric Carlson special is the fact that he shows up when you're not expecting him. He's like a terrible dinner guest. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very good point, actually, right? When you, have, when you give Eric Carlson lots of ice space, he basically does the same thing that Eric Carlson does when he doesn't have any ice space, mm-hmm. which is get free and do stuff. Exactly. But yeah, you're right. That, that's probably more of a comparative advantage at five on five. It is, because when it's three on three, you're kind of like, Eric Carlson's good, maybe should cover that guy. And, you know, he loses his element of surprise. Right, right, right. Well, look, we're going to call it there. Okay. I'm not going to say it was our best effort, but it was good enough to get the dub. Kind of like that Calgary game. <laughs> Except the only difference is this is probably going to be a short podcast, and that Calgary game was 17 hours long. It was exceptionally long. It was. Yeah. It started late. It ended late. The glass fell out a couple of times. They had to start the second period at the beginning of the third. It went to the shootout. I think it ended, like, Thursday morning. Is there a greater tribute, though, than episode Neil having eight minutes of ice time? (laughs) You know what? That's perfect. Let's end it there. Sounds good. Catch you guys later. See ya. For a couple of fellers who both still live with their moms Breaking the town's local hockey team down with some microphones on No other podcast was finer What was more of a hit with the big rig diners We never thought they'd make it past episode 5 Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shed and Paris are live Whoa, whoa, whoa Gordon Lightfoot, look, I've thought a lot about Gordon Lightfoot in my life, but when he performs The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald now, he's updated the lyrics because three or four years ago, can't remember how this came out, but like there's, you know, the line about, you know, it's 7 p.m. the main hatchway gave in or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It turns out that the reason why the ship sunk was not because someone had left the hatch open. Uh, It was because of some other reason, like (laughs) bulkhead structural integrity, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) So in that light, he has now changed the lyrics when he performs it to say something like at 7pm the bulkhead structural integrity uh, whatever it is the tensile strength of the steel couldn't hold yeah like I think I think it still rhymes it has something to do with like structural torsion but that's he was like it's important that this song be factually correct I respect that so much about Gordon Lightfoot right that's like an inherently weird thing though right writing a song about that Um, well that's but that's like the folk tradition right it's just writing about tragedies right (laughs) that was what you used to do him or Stan Rogers or any of those guys just like ah these bastards need a new song who died recently that's that's how folk music works yeah. <laughs>